Scotch Stories by Whiskey FM, the soundtrack to scotchwhiskeyauctions.com. We're at Daphnol Distillery. I'm Francis Cuthbert, uh, one of the, the founders of Daphnol Distillery. We're sitting in the, the heart of the Howe Fife in the lowlands of Scotland. Lovely. And when you say you're one of the, well, you're one of the founding fathers, who is involved with Daphnol aside from you? Now the, there is just me and my, my brother, and uh, previous to that, uh, my, my late mother was also a partner when we, when we built the distillery. Oh, that must have been so lovely working together as a family. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes, yes. No, no, we get on pretty well. So. Yeah, fantastic. So, when did the Dartmoor dream begin, and when did the dream become a reality? We had this idea of building our own distillery but it was no more really than a sort of family joke really uh, which no one really did anything about or took seriously and it would be around 2002 that uh, I met a retired distillery manager who was doing a bit of consultancy work and uh, I asked him to come out and have a look at our old buildings and see whether he thought a distillery could be fitted into the, uh, the space available. And that would probably be when you know, we started actually thinking seriously about, about doing it rather than just a, a dream one day of a distillery. Yeah. And was this a boyhood dream or I mean, when did this love of whiskey begin? Difficult to know. I think, I think it was genetic. Yeah. Uh, uh, <coughs> I can't remember a particular point. And had you always well, had you always wanted to make whiskey? Was making because you're you're a farmer yes. as well. Did the idea of making whiskey appeal right from the beginning or We always grew barley. Yeah. And most of our barley went into the whiskey industry and we were always interested, you know, we only grew it and then loaded it onto a lorry. When the lorry left the farm, that was the last that you knew about where it went, what happened to it. Uh, so we're always a bit interested in what what went on, which whiskies it went into. Oh, could I, you know, if I bought a bottle of uh, Glendronach, would I be drinking my own barley <laughs> sort, sort of yeah. thing? And so I used to go on the distillery tours, and I was always peeping round the back to see which haulage company was delivering the malt or where they were getting it from or which varieties of barley we were using and things like that. And did, did you ever find out? The, well, the, the company we used to sell most of uh, our barley to, uh, Robert Kilgowan Company, they were owned by Allied Distillers. So most of our barley went into the old Allied Distillers distillery, so Tormor, Glendronach, Scapa, Arbeg, uh, I think it went down. Mm. I suppose they're using so much, aren't they? So yeah, it probably ends up being mixed. Yes, in. yes. Yeah. Our barley went down to Kirkcaldy and was tipped in the shed with the other 40,000 tonnes because they just had one shed for storage and then it would just be taken out and uh, malted as and when needed. Yeah, fantastic. So can you remember your first dram? Not really. Was it early? It, it, was, it, was, it was probably pinched <laughs> uh, from from my dad's bottle. And I'm guessing it would probably be a Bells or some, something like that. And, and, and unless you count uh, 
medicinal toddies and toothaches and things like that. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Probably yeah. started quite early. Yeah, you know, if you're sort of teething or toothache, uh, some sugar and whiskey rubbed into the, the gums seem to, 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 to do something. Better than paracetamol, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but did your dad like whiskey then? Yes. Mm-hmm. And who, there's a, quite a jump from drinking Bell's to becoming a kind of whiskey connoisseur and lover. Yeah. When did that happen? Again, I don't know. It sort of gradually creeps up on you. Just, again, interested, and as the interest grows, you try and find out more. Uh, the advent of the internet, probably a great thing, because then you can go into forums and talk to other people who think they know about whiskey, but know nothing, like, just like yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Safe you know, space. You know, it, becomes, it becomes, like you say, a, a, very, a very sort of small community of, mm-hmm. uh, of people. How did you learn to make whiskey in the first instance? You've only got three ingredients. <laughs> can't, you can't go far wrong. You say that, but we've just walked around your amazing distillery yeah. and it all seems very technical. Yeah. After, after you've actually built it, operating it's pretty straightforward. Is it? Yeah. Okay. A lot of the decisions that you make on how it operates you have to take when you're when you're you're you're, you're, you're building it, you know. So uh, sometimes you you make you make a decision and then you have to live with it forever. Uh, <clears throat> in the process so yes. were there some decisions that you made that now you think oh gosh I wish I'd some things we would probably have done differently if we were doing it again uh, our washbacks we originally wanted them slightly shorter and fatter but building control said a stairway must be this width and a step can be no higher than this height so therefore to fit the stairs in the washbacks got squeezed in and up a little bit which means uh, they foam up a lot more than if they were, they were slightly wider. Also, uh, I would have made them slightly larger. We put in a larger mash tun than we need to give ourselves a little extra capacity. But we can't use the extra capacity because the washbacks aren't quick Ah, so one of those things. Yeah. I suppose you're working because the distillery is housed within your farm buildings. Yes, it's an old, an old mill building. So that dictates a lot of the, the, uh, what we could do within, because the buildings are listed, uh, we're not allowed to change the outward appearance of the buildings, so everything had to, had to fit in, inside. Which I think is actually jolly nice, because they're really beautiful. Yeah, really. it would be a shame to yeah, yeah. put a big corrugated iron extension <laughs> on the side yeah. of it. In the early days of starting the distillery, what were the biggest challenges? I don't know what the biggest challenges, just had everyday challenges, you know, uh, sometimes things didn't work as you expected them to, sometimes a pump would stick and you didn't know why there isn't liquid coming out the end of the pipe, sometimes you can't, couldn't see there wasn't stuff coming out the end of the pipe and you had to, you know, eventually after taking bits of pipe and things to bits, you'd find there was a, a cleaning cloth or something left and, and got stuck in the pump and you had to take the pump to bits and take that out. And, but after that's happened once or twice, then suddenly you know where to go to look rather than not having a clue why things aren't working. Uh, there wasn't, you know, every day there was challenges, but you just watch your way through them. It wasn't like there was 
insurmountable problems with customs and excise or anything, anything like that that, that held us up. Were there any days where you just thought, gosh, what on earth are we doing? Or was it always... Was it so, always interesting, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe there was, but uh, you, you tend to stay positive and mm-hmm. forget about the, the disasters and, and press on. Yeah, I suppose a bit maybe like your pregnant or childbirth yeah, is yeah. rather painful, but actually the fruit of it is well worth it. Yeah, and um, once you've committed, you know, you... You've spent a lot of money and whatnot. You can't just uh, just say, oh, "I don't want to do this anymore," and walk away. <laughs> and did what was the response of your friends and family? Positive. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, maybe thought we're crazy, but uh, <laughs> everyone was very polite about it. Yeah. <laughs> they did. <laughs> They've all good plans, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You waited quite a while to release your first bottles, and I am. I believe that's because you didn't feel it was. You only wanted to release it once the liquid was ready. Describe the moment when you just knew. Was it a magical moment? Was it very practical? No, uh, I probably didn't think it was. It was. It was still not ready. But uh, eventually, you've got to take the plunge and, and jump in. So we uh, we appointed Berry Brothers and Rudd as our distributor. And they assumed after uh, appointing them as a distributor, we would actually give them something to distribute. <laughs> uh, so that uh, yeah, was, was a contributing factor to forcing us to actually, uh, actually, actually do something. Yeah. Because yeah. our, our natural inertia might have, uh, might have made it drag on forever. Are you a perfectionist? I wouldn't have said so, but yes, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's so much, you're not just, it's a part of what you've been doing for years and years, so you're not going to want to put something out which is so close to your heart that you're not proud of or pleased with. Yeah, yeah. But you can all, you know, when you taste it, you always think, you know, I could have done better. You know, there's something there that that could be better. But it is what it is. And would Darknell be what you drink? Of a night, if you want a whiskey, do you go straight to Darknell or do you? Sometimes, sometimes. Uh, we often there's lots of you know if we're if I'm putting together a, a, a summer batch, or there's lots of casts to go through, so there's lots of sort of sampling to be done. But as that sort of work, uh, it's nice to to maybe have something very different. A peaty whiskey or a very sherry whiskey or something uh, when, when, when you're drinking for pleasure. But no, I, 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 I would highly recommend it. <laughs> it is delicious. I think it's absolutely scrumptious. And the response has been incredible to what you've produced. Has that been quite overwhelming or exciting? Or a bit of both, a bit of both, yeah. Uh, yes, and. Um, We've never uh, shouted about what we're doing or, or made a big fuss about things. So to have suddenly found out that there's so many thousands of people out there uh, who actually want to get hold of a bottle is, 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 is very humbling for, for me personally. Well, it's, it's a cult following and not always comes across like that. People just yeah. love what you do. Yeah. Do people often show up? Sometimes, yeah. 
Uh, I'd rather if they didn't, because uh, there's lots of other things going on, and we don't uh, always have time for people. And uh, if you tell them to bugger off, uh, <laughs> it doesn't go down. <laughs> you, should, you shouldn't do that to potential customers. Yeah. But at the same time, you're very busy. You yes. have a farm to run. Yes. How do you balance running the farm with the distillery? It's pretty much the same as people did 200 years ago. We, we farm uh, exclusively in the, the spring and the autumn, and then uh, midwinter, halfway through November, December, January, February, there's a bit more time on the farm. You, know, you could either go curling, shooting, uh, or, or make whiskey, and uh, we make whiskey. And also a little bit in the summer, uh, mid-June, July, first week in August, just before harvest time. Again, we have a little bit of spare time and uh, we, we, we make some more whiskey there. Do you, which do you prefer, the farming or the whiskey making? I enjoy the, the, the sort of cycle of evolving from, from one to the other. If it's pouring or rain or sleet or that, it's lovely to be standing in the still house mm. looking out of the windows. But at the same time, spring of the year, cattle dancing about out in the grass it's just magical to be walking through amongst them and feeling the, the joys of spring. Yeah, best of both worlds. Yeah. And it's very idyllic here it's a beautiful place to live you're in the centre of Fife you've always been in Fife? Mm-hmm. Yeah, always been here. Yeah. And how many other whisky makers are there in Fife? Quite a few now uh, you've got Callum Bridge who's been here the longest and they're the biggest then Kings Barnes, Eden Mill, Lindors, Inchdarney, and ourselves. And just over the, the boundary, you have the Abernethy, So there's been a revival in whiskey making in yes. Fife, yeah. which must be very exciting to see. Yeah. Well, maybe. I don't, maybe. I don't know. Nice <laughs> <laughs> being the only ones doing it. Yes, when you're. <coughs> When you're the only one, you think you've got the market to yourself. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when you're one of many, it suddenly becomes a bit harder. Mm. Have you ever thought about leaving farming and doing whiskey full-time? Not seriously. We need, uh, we need the farming to supply the, the, the barley to make the whiskey. And then the, the draft goes back to the farm to feed the cattle. And the pot of spent leaves is used as a fertiliser on the grass. It's all very... Holistic. It's one system. Yeah, works well. Mm-hmm. I've often asked Whiskey World people, if you could open a distillery, what would you call it or where would it be? But you've actually done that yes. and you've done it very successfully. I know you mentioned about some of the planning issues and architectural things, but if you'd say been starting fresh, yeah. would you have done exactly, would you have wanted... Well, we only did it here because... This was our farm, this was where we'd lived, and uh, we had the, the old buildings already here. If we put up a modern uh, steel portal uh, shed, we could have done the, built the distillery at a fraction of the cost that it took to restore old sandstone buildings. And if you're building a distillery, probably the, the best place to do it is on island, because island whiskey's very fashionable at the moment. Yeah. You know, it's very much in vogue. Mm-hmm. So, okay. but uh, we we like the idea that 
uh, restarted. There was only uh, Ockhamtoshin and Glenkinshire and Gladnock operating uh, intermittently, so there wasn't a lot of Lowland distilleries. So, uh, now it's kind of like Lowland whisky. Mm. Which is your favourite Darth Maul release? I like the summer whiskies best. I think they are they're, they're fruitier. They're, the winter batches have probably been better received than the, the, the summer ones, but uh, I, I like the, the, the summer ones probably better. Um, same, same with the single casks, the ones that were, were distilled in the summer, I prefer over to the, the, the ones we, we produced in the winter. And if you were to have a desert island drum, what would it be? <laughs> I, I, I like a broad spectrum of whiskies. I don't I wouldn't like to be stuck with just one. Uh, I like to taste all, you know, all different whiskies, uh, depending on the mood and occasion, weather, and whatever. Mm. But uh, the, I think the the, the Daphne uh, 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 2006 single cask for the UK uh, worked really well for me. What's been the most satisfying thing about starting Daphne, the distillery? Hmm, difficult to say, I don't know. Uh, I think how well the, the whisky's been received. I think that's, that's been, been really amazing. When you're at whisky shows, what's the most common thing that people... Do you, you, do you still do the shows? Or? Mm, we haven't done any this year. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> we, we, we did a, a couple last year. Uh, most people haven't heard of us. Or people that have heard of us have bought a bottle but don't want to open it, so come to the show so they can taste it. <laughs> that must be bizarre that for you, some yeah. people just not wanting to open it. Yeah. Yeah. Or lots of people are going to open it but are keeping it for the special occasion. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't get any better than a bottle. No, no. Drinking the whole thing. Yeah. Drink it up and buy another. Yeah. <laughs> The, knowing that people are keeping your, it's like a, it's an art of, it's a work of art really, isn't it? Knowing that they're keeping that for special occasions just must be lovely and really touching. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um, so you've got a winter release coming out fairly soon? I don't know if it's coming fairly soon. I've, I've learned... I'm fishing. I, I've, I've, <laughs> le- I've learned not to give any predictions because uh, they're always wrong. The, the summer release came out in time for the the summer fire festival that's bonfire night. Uh, oh really? <laughs> so we're aiming to get the the winter release out a bit quicker but we'll wait and see. Has it been bottled already? No it's not been bottled yet. I've picked the casks that are going into it and it should be getting bottled shortly but some of the export markets will probably be bottled first because it needs to be shipped and Delays come along and things, so like I say, I'm, I'm, I've learned not to not to make too many predictions. Okay. It will be there when it, when when, it's there. When it gets yeah. there. Does it get bottled here? We bottle it down in Dunfermline. Well, Francis, it's been such a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you very much for taking time out of your thank day. Thank you for coming. No, well, I know you've got a lot on, so thank you. Scotch Stories by Whiskey FM. The soundtrack to ScotchWhiskeyAuctions.com.